Hey, baby, we hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again all over the place, folks. Welcome to We're Not Listening, a Frasier recap and advice podcast from Molly Shea and from me, Nick Francomano. Welcome. Today we are discussing season one, episode 15. Already? Wow. Wow. It's like we're barely a tenth into the series. Yeah. <laughs> we're like five percent into series. Like we're, so we're we're barely <laughs> scratching the surface of barely scratching the surface of the the Fraser verse. Fraser verse. The uh, Fraser verse. Yeah. But the premise of this episode, I suppose, is all about how you never really can know somebody. Or what are you trying to tell me, Nick? Maybe it's that you know first impressions can't always be relied on, or sometimes you can rely on them. Sometimes you can rely on them. If you're a big scary bartender, then you can. But if you're a cop or a psychiatrist, then you can't. Either way. Either way. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. It's been a little while. Yeah, it's a bittersweet episode. I don't know if I'm coming back to LA. Nicholas is going to live I'm his going, eat, pray, love life. Yes, I am going on a sojourno in the mezzogiorno. I'm going to go on a, I don't know, what's sadder than a sojourno? Sojourno a is... A DiGiorno? I'm going you're on going a, on a, a DiGiorno. <laughs> A sojourno, is an, a sojourno is good. A I'm sojourno having, is good. I'm having my Fraser moment. I'm going to go and hang out with my dad and my mom in Mississippi. Yeah. Oh, I, I see what you're saying. I was wondering what you meant when you texted me that you're turning into Fraser. Yeah. But I guess it is. You're going to a new town and you're going to re- reconnect with the family. But I like my dog. Yeah, well, it's your dog and not your parents' dog. Yeah, maybe, so I'm, I guess it's maybe I'm Martin in this scenario. You're Martin and your parents are Frasier? Yes. Actually, that... Checks out, right? Then, sort of. Does, well, does, who's, is your dad Frasier and your mom is Niles? No, my dad's Niles. Your dad is Niles and your mom is Frasier. Yes. I guess your mom is an opera singer. Yeah. So that kind of lines up. Right. It's not one-to-one. No. It's not one-to-one, but it's like a reboot. Because, you, you know, know. A reboot for today. I might be more of the, like, uh, uh, pompous intellectual in the in the group. Compared I'm the, to your I'm relatives? Only... One with a master's degree. Well, yeah. I have the highest education and the most debt, so, you know. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing stuff. Well, they might... I mean, they've got a mortgage, right? So, you know. I, get, I mean, they paid for... The, the house is paid for. Yeah. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, well, then... Finito. Then you do. You do yeah. have more debt than them. Then you do have more debt than them. And I was going to say with a mortgage, the bank can repossess your house and then you're out of debt. But with student debt, they I just hope, uh, keep... They just what keep, are they going to do? Take my skills? They keep your life forever. Oh. There's no... Yeah, I mean, it's, you know... When is Joe Biden doing that thing? When is Joe Biden doing what thing? That thing where I don't have to pay my loans. I don't think Joe Biden is going to do that. Uh, I think if uh, if that's what you thought, and you might that's be. why I'm moving to the South. No. That's right. You're moving to a red state, <laughs> and that is very based, and that is very based and red state pill. Uh, Although, do you think do you think that your car is going to get like Molotoved by angry uh, heritage Americans? Only if I put my honk if you love Fraser bumper sticker on there. You already have like eight hundred. You already have some you have some lefty bumper stickers too, don't you? 
I mean, you have some bumper stickers about like. I have a KXLU one. They're pretty. That's that's pretty bad. That's they. I've always felt like, you know, the people with the KXLU bumper stickers don't they get pulled over? I would pull them over. I think so. Anyway. Well. Drinking out of my KXLU mug right now, so that's fine. Let's dive right right into the episode. The the episode. Now that yeah, now that we've uh, shared our shared our ennui with the world, Uh, this episode begins. Martin and Fraser. Frazier is giving Martin a tour of the studio, uh, the radio station. He's showing him around. We get some kind of funny jokes in here where they see the poster for Frazier's show. And Martin says, oh, they printed your head even bigger than it is in real life. Because Frazier is saying all this stuff. He's calling this recording booth like his inner sanctum. What is, he says sanctum sanctorum. He's, he lays some, some fancy jive on, on there. Yeah. And I, I appreciate Martin, who's like just touching everything and nearly ruining everything. Yeah, Martin's being well. Fraser's trying to act like a know-it-all, and Martin's about to touch something in the booth, and Fraser stops him. And then Martin says, "Geez, why can't I touch it?" And Fraser says, "I don't know either. Roz just told me never to touch it." So Fraser doesn't even know what he's doing. Yeah. Anyway, they run into Roz. They go into the booth, and this is what really starts up the episode: is that we discover that Roz, you know, needs ten dollars. Typical bleeding heart. <laughs> Roz needs $10 because she gave her last $10 to an Australian man on the street who claimed to have lost his wallet and needed $10 to take a taxi to the Australian consulate. And this, before we even go into the rest of the episode, this is something that I've long observed, which is that American women and Roz throughout the- for Australians. Well, throughout the series, we see that Roz is, you know- An accent chaser. Well, she's unusually horny. You know, I'm leave Roz alone. Okay, I'm not saying I'm not saying this even in a bad way. I'm just saying that if you were to plot out, if you could create a metric, call it HQ, horniness quotient, and you were to plot out the horniness of every American woman, you would see that Roz is probably a standard deviation hornier than the mean. I don't think so. I think that Roz is just better at communicating it because i've seen some real quiet people who have wrecked homes well i suppose this gets into the theme of the episode which is that you never Never can can tell tell. you never can tell so anyway but my point is that american women are utterly powerless to men with accents totally of any kind on that Uh, that australian's pretty rough though australians i mean it's like why are all our movie stars why are all our movie stars australian now I Why? need ten dollars for the Australian consulate. Oh, I fear dinkum, Sheila. Oh, I, oh, I, I don't lost, know where I lost I my am. wallet here in Seattle. <laughs> That's how they talk. <laughs> no, I mean, I wish I were. I would be cleaning up if I were Australian. If I were, you don't look Australian. I, well, if I were Australian, I'd also be look tan. Like I would be tan and jacked. <laughs> I wouldn't look like this. Yeah. You don't want to be Italian. So anyway, Ross. Roz gets duped into giving this Australian guy her last ten dollars, and Fraser and Martin reveal to her that it's a scam. And Fraser is acting very haughty and superior, like he would never be taken in by something like this. And Martin says, you know, he was a cop for thirty years, and even he is fooled sometimes. So they make this bet that Martin is going to invite three people over to the apartment for poker that night, and one of them is going to be an ex-con. And Fraser is betting that he'll be able to tell which one is an ex-con. And, and, he, and he's so high and mighty about it, too. Yeah, and he's he's talking about how, you know, he graduated magna rude. cum laude from Harvard and all this stuff. 
and you know, nah. no, Martin's got the street smarts. He knows, he knows that Frazier's going to stumble on this. So we go to the next scene. We go over to the apartment. Pick a con, any con. That's the title card on this because it's going to be like a card game. Right. But Frazier's got to pick which and one. I, of, I you know, know that I get you thought it. that. Uh, I know that you've seen the show already, but did you guess who? Did you make a guess? Was I able to guess who it was? I also guessed wrong. I thought, I, well, I won't say who I thought it was, but I will say I got it wrong. Okay. Were you able to guess? Um, I think I had a back and forth problem. You had a, okay. Well, so no is what you're saying. Is no, no, but I had the same issue as Frazier, and I'll tell you why after we get Well, we'll, we'll go into it. So anyway, they, they start playing poker, um, and we get, you know, they talk a little bit about how Eddie the dog smells bad. That's the B story of this episode is that the dog smells bad. And he doesn't want to take a bath. Great. Great stuff. Anyway, the poker pals arrive, Linda, Frank, and Jimmy. And Martin says they, you know, they all look like they did time. And they do. They all look like tough characters. They all look like people you wouldn't want to mess around with. Right. And uh, so we get right into it. They start playing poker. They start talking about how sexy they think Daphne is. And Frazier thinks that Linda then must be the criminal because Linda, because Frazier has seen many women in prison movies and assumes that she's be, like, Become she went, yeah, prison, she became a lesbian in prison and now she really thinks Daphne funny. and sexy. Uh, I mean, <laughs> this is one of those things where the, sh- you know, they couldn't have known how that was going to age, I guess. I mean, for a long time, the women in prison, that was like a major genre of what you could call. Not even softcore pornography, but the genre that I refer to as Euro sleaze. Oh, Euro sleaze, where it's a movie with just enough of a story for you to for for people to say like, no, this is just a sexually liberated modern film. Oh, I see what you mean. So like, you know, even Emmanuel is crossing into the territory of pornography, but maybe even ten percent less sexy than Emmanuel. And that's Euro sleaze. Got it. Uh, and this—that's like a Euro sleaze premise: is the women in prison. Um, okay. Anyway, well, many I'm, fine I'm films in that genre, you and I enjoy think enjoy lesbian. That's what smut. That's what Frazier was watching at Harvard, and I could appreciate that. It's like as a connoisseur of, you know, foreign cinema myself. And then I, I like the when uh, when Frazier asks if anyone can play harmonica as like a way to as try a to way find. to see which one the con is yeah <laughs> and then i mean we go through this you know he There's has his little, little he has jabs. his little suspicions of everybody he's looking at frank and frank is right is like holding up some antique goo that he has and fraser's like he must be the one and then the frank knows what it is and then jimmy the third one he's like flirting with daphne very charming guy Woo, Jimmy. So we get to the end of the game. <laughs> Linda has won all the money. And now Frazier is going to do, and he does it like an Agatha Christie detective. He's going to crack the case of who's the con. He has them all go into the living room right. and sit down so that he can lay out his rationale of who's the con. And he gets it wrong every time. Well, and I like the, the progression of how he gets it wrong. Like his first exhibition is... He guesses Frank. Frank. That's wrong. But it turns out that Frank was undercover. Which is kind of close. Which is close, which is respectable, I guess. And then he's like, oh, I 
I'm not going to be, you know, swayed by gender. So, so it must be Linda. Linda. Yeah, you tried to do some kind of fake out on me, but, yeah, you know, and I, it would be more sexist if I didn't think that Linda exactly. was the criminal, which is, you know, Whatever. I get the logic of that. <laughs> but when you find yourself in that position, you know, they never like it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I thought it was Jimmy at first because when he walked in, he was aware of like the square the square footage. footage yeah he's a he's a well-trained second story man well i was just like is he casing the joint yeah he's a b and e artist par excellence right and then that's I thought, breaking and entering for all the squares out there oh well a second story man is what they call a cat burglar because he goes oh. in the second story window you know I mean, climbs up a ladder you know Frank could break into my house anytime. <laughs> Frank, the guy who no, not uh, Frank, Jimmy. Frank, yeah, Jimmy is a little more of your speed. Jimmy is kind of a, a kind of a small, shifty, small, shifty Dago with no yeah, hair. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's my type. <laughs> that's yeah. All right. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Um, but so basically, I mean. It's also Daphne's type because Daphne decides that uh, she's going to go on a date with him, but she yeah. doesn't realize that he's one of the cons. So yeah, she tells so them. Martin is absolutely against Daphne going out with him because even though Martin's whole premise of this, I guess, started off as, Jimmy's you know, a good guy. Any, anybody could be, you know, you never know who it is. It could be anybody. But then it's like he just doesn't, he doesn't really necessarily believe in rehabilitation. No. Um, which I buy because I mean Jimmy lifted Frazier's wallet without him noticing. Wow! Like when when stud. it's finally revealed that Frazier has not guessed who it is, when it's finally revealed that it's Jimmy, Jimmy pulls out Frazier's wallet and gives it back to him, which I thought was very, very, very funny. But uh, yeah, and then Frazier, of course, typical effete upper middle class liberal, is like all about believing in second chances, and he insists that of course Daphne should go. To the Topaz Room, which is the name of Jimmy's sleazy dive that he wants to go to. Of course, Daphne should go to the Topaz Room. And they get in a big argument in front of Daphne. Daphne, Daphne breaks mad. it up. Indignant. I am, How you know, a grown you? woman. No one has told me who to date since I was a schoolgirl, and I didn't listen then. So on. She storms off. She storms off in the wrong direction, so we all get to have a little laugh. I was wondering if that was actually... Like if that was a mistake and they just kept it in, that was an ad lib and they kept it in. Yeah, I don't know because they they go to a different shot. They go to a different camera. So I don't know how easy that is to do on like a three camera sitcom. I don't to know. like it from the director's booth. Anyway, I don't. I mean, I, I guess what I'm saying is I don't know how they direct a three that. camera sitcom. Uh, but anyway, it does seem like it could be. It does seem like it could be kind of an ad lib that they kept in. Yeah, if so. I mean, Kelsey Grammer took it like a boss and yeah. figured it out. Uh, guy's a pro. Anyway, next scene. They're in Cafe Nervosa. I was starting to wonder if we were going to get Niles at all in this episode. Of course we do. Niles and I'm Frazier. I'm glad that we have Niles. Are, <laughs> Niles and Frazier are in Cafe Nervosa. They order decaf lattes with skim milk. And then the guy calls them gutless wonders. Two gutless wonders coming <laughs> up. Uh, and they have their little snippy talk about it and whatever. Uh, we get some good Niles lines where Frazier's saying, you know, Dad, he's so judgmental. Niles says, he is, and I've always condemned him for it. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. Uh, and then <laughs> Frazier reveals that Daphne is going to go out with the con to the Topaz room. 
And Niles has an incredible, Niles has two incredible lines about Daphne. And he says, you're telling me this delicate English rose is going out with some sociopath? Um, (laughs) I liked when he said, don't you dare call me irrational. You know that makes me crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And his face just like morphs so quickly. He sells it well in this one. But anyway, they, he decides that they the thing to do is they have to rush off to the Topaz room to break up this date. And Frazier tries to stop him. Frazier doesn't want to go. Then the waiter, who called them Gutless Wonders, comes over and says, the Topaz room? I thought they shut that place down the last time someone was murdered there. Yes. Um, then they both And then they it. rush off to go do it. Well, that's like the, the funny thing about these impressions that, you know, they're kind of revealing is it's like you might be able to change the impression at a to a certain extent and then there's a line an invisible line where you cannot cross it with this yeah so it's like Frazier was like oh yeah she can go on a date and then it's like oh the place there might be someone who has been murdered there okay that's the line yeah but it's also kind of like the show the show is in this kind of tension i feel like i've talked about this before and i think it's kind of really what the show is about and where it draws a lot of its energy from is between Frazier and Martin's point of view or or kind of between, you know, a traditional blue collar point of view and a 90s professional liberal point of view. Uh, and it the show doesn't really have this episode doesn't have the guts in a sense to say that Frazier is wrong and that people can't be rehabilitated and it's bad to associate with criminals because you'll be in danger if you do. The well, show doesn't have the show they, doesn't have the guts to go there. And yeah, but they also don't go have the guts to go in the other way either. No. It's so, sort of kind of caught It's a in the total middle. cop out where th- we basically kind of abandon this whole question of like how can you tell who's a criminal? Can people be reformed? Whatever because it just goes into kind of a wacky caper of the boys in the bar. Right. But it's like you know, the show brings up this question, and I, part of the reason I felt like this episode didn't have... Uh, when I read the description, I thought this episode was going to be incredible. Right. Because and it's I, like... I, w- I was hoping they were going to lean into the poker game. I thought it was going to be a bottle episode, where it was just the poker game. Same here. Psychological thriller. Yeah. You know, kind of a... a the thing almost where you know Frazier's in there and he doesn't know who the con is right that would have been cool that yeah. would have been cool and but it instead could have ended just on Daphne accepting a date and everyone freaking out yeah that could have just been a button they could have left it ambiguous that way I guess but instead we get this whole thing where they go to the topaz room and then the people in there are like kind of goofy caricatures of s- street toughs I guess yeah Daphne's in there she's running the pool table she's winning hundreds of dollars at the pool table because these guys come in an underestimator which i guess is sort of part of the theme yeah is that you can't tell who's gonna hustle you and then daphne hustles you i, I get that in a way but it, it abandons i think the more interesting question um for all this pool table stuff right and then daphne shooting pool there's a couple shots where it's clearly jane leaves it, it is the actress but there's some other shots where i think they had a pool double i, mean, I think they had I a pool i think they had a pool double to nail these well you know actors on the back of their headshots they're always listing all their skills and they can't ever they can't ever do any of those things no you know be like horseback riding fluent french you know tennis player they they can't do any of that stuff so maybe she had pool on the back there and they wrote it in and then they realized they needed a stunt pool player well i mean i was looking at her form and i wasn't like ooh, she looks like she knows what she's doing yeah it was 
It was a double. It had to be a double. If cool Jane, double. Jane, if you're listening, please feel free to correct us. I would be yeah. ready to prove the I mean, premise maybe, of this episode by standing are, corrected. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe you need to be corrected there. Well, okay. So she clears. She like basically swindles this guy yeah. out of like two hundred dollars. And then goes to the bathroom, and as she's in the bathroom, the, the Fraser boys enter, come through. and they're talking about how they stand out, how they can't blend in. Niall says we should, we just have to try to blend in, and Fraser is like, you have to tuck in your watch fob, which turns out to be Niall's Phi Beta Kappa key, which I think is really funny. Um, I, and I didn't even understand what any of that stuff was. Phi Beta Kappa is like a national honor society. Mm-hmm. It's like. Um, Mensa? Well, no, because it's hard to be in. in. Mensa is a f- complete joke. Okay. You know, Mensa is like well, if you're turning my card. If your <laughs> check clears, you, you become a member of Mensa. Phi Beta Kappa is based on your grades in college. Oh. Okay. And so it's like a national honor roll, but with a little bit of you know, kind of spooky Freemasonry thrown in. So you get to like jerk off onto a cookie and have good grades? I don't think they actually have it I don't think it's or the skull quite of somebody. It's it's not quite that spooky. It's more it's more merit based. Right. But it's definitely like a thing in, you know, public life for someone to be out showing their Phi Beta Kappa key. It's a funny thing for Niles to be doing. Okay. Um especially in this rough bar. And as they go in, Niles is saying, I've always been something of a a squalor buff like Niles. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's into Daphne. Niles loves these squalid places. I suppose that's true. I suppose that's true. But then they, we get the next good uh, Niles line about Daphne because they go to the bartender looking for her. And he says, have you seen a young woman about five, nine and three quarter inches tall <laughs> with skin the color of Devonshire cream? And eyes that gaze into your soul with neither artifice nor evasion. So beautiful. I had to look that I up. That's that... not from a poem. I thought that was from a poem. It's, it's so just beautiful. from. It's just from the show. No, I thought it would be the. I sounded like the kind Nick, of line uh, that he would be I, quoting. If I like die mysteriously, please have that engraved onto my urn. A skin uh. the color of Devonshire cream and <laughs> eyes that gaze into your soul with neither artifice nor evasion. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, you know, when they... I mean, d- I think I got at least two out of three of those. I'm not going to lie, Molly. They charge by the letter uh, when you're having something like that chiseled. Oh, man. <laughs> so, you know, I might... Uh, we might try to think of something a little shorter. Like, just your license plate. Just Nick Cage. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Gonna... <laughs> uh, anyway. Oh, oh. man. <laughs> okay, so Niles and Frazier, they decide... They're going to leave the bar. They don't want to mess around with this date. I guess Jimmy well, has already left for some reason. Yeah, because he got that. fresh and Daphne oh, stopped Daph- him. Oh, very nice. I missed that. That's Which, good. Which, you know, her loss. <laughs> there, is a certain, there is a certain type of woman, I suppose, who, who wants to be pawed by a, a Jimmy type. By an ex-con. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I've mentioned this in yeah, many. You, you I've mentioned this many times this on the show, too many but times. it's just a very common thing. I, I don't mean, know what I'm not to tell into ex cons, but I am into um, failing actors who teach at Santa Monica College. Oh my god, <laughs> rough, rough brain. You're going to Mississippi just in time. I know. You're gonna, you got to be with some kind of wholesome, 
I don't know, hog hunter from the bayou or whatever want, they have down there. I want there. a, uh, what is it? A, 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 somebody a who really, gator wrestler. Somebody who knows how to pull your John boat. <laughs> <laughs> See, that that's, I, tr- I tried to keep it Southern, you know, I tried to keep it specific to the Gulf Coast. Oh boy, did you? And and so bas- basically like, now that the, the threat is gone for Niles, Niles doesn't feel like, he really needs to stick around. Yeah, they try to sneak out. Uh, Daphne comes out of the bathroom at exactly that moment. As they're tiptoeing out of the bar, they bump into somebody and mess up his pool shot, costing this vicious tough guy something like $200. Yes. He had $200 right on that shot. He missed it because Frazier bumped into him. Things are about to get ugly. Frazier tries to offer him therapy and trade. Hilarious. He tries to pay him with a check, personal check in the I bar. I would love therapy and trade. That's that's the funniest barter I've ever heard of. Here's the thing, though. If you're like a caricature of some kind of end-of-the-line, working-class, biker, tough guy, it would probably be worth it to you to lose $200 just if you could beat up Fraser Crane. Oh, like you would rather beat up Fraser Crane. Beat up Fraser than have the money. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, these are the people who in just, you know, 23 short years would be electing Donald Trump president. If you could imagine that you could vote for Donald Trump because it made liberals cry, how much you would love, love to to Fraser to hit Fraser. Yeah, I guess that's true. But I, and then that comes up as well in the episode where they do a rebargain with Daphne and they were like, well, I guess I'll take this other I'll bet. I'll take the bet. But I was. I really still want to beat up Frazier. Yeah. St- and she says, if I miss the shot, you can beat him up. You can take the money and beat him up. Daphne comes out. She's won exactly enough money to clear Frazier's debt with this guy. And she says she'll throw in the little one. She'll throw in Niles. <laughs> yeah. Which is great. I mean, this is like. You know, these guys in this bar, you know, these are the losers, you know, in life. These are people at the end of their rope. These are, you know, things haven't worked out. Don't stop talking about me. I'm right in front of you, Nick. I'm saying, you know, you haven't turned to a life of crime, though. No. You know, you haven't done anything you can't come back from. And I'm not these, a... Uh, these guys... I'm not a... I'm not a, a, a... What is it? A hog mama, you know? A hog mama? Yeah. Like the... Oh, like a biker? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if people call lady bikers hog mamas, but they should. We could send that. We could send that to the fact check department. Yeah, uh, Harley Davidson's glossary. Oh my god! I remember once I went out camping, and like we were driving into the campsite out in the desert, and you could hear all the motorcycles before you could see them. And I thought I was like getting kind of nervous. And I could see there were all these Harleys out there and all these people like in their biker gear and stuff. And I was like, oh my God, like I, I'm going to get murdered if I camp here. Like that's, it's That's how I it's, felt it's, at um, Slab City. But nothing but meth heads. And here's here's what happened is I this proving the point of the episode once again is that as I was pulling into the parking space in the, par- in the parking lot of the campsite, I rolled my window down and I could hear them all speaking German. And they were all just German, like, dentists who were oh, coming whoa. to do, like, an authentic American experience. Oh, by it is so great that we are so here. It's so great. It is just like the easy rider. Wow. I, am, I am riding so easy, Dennis Hopper. That's what it was I'm, like. I'm going to, uh, 
I don't know. This is just, that's fucking crazy. I, I'm, I'm cutting. I'm sorry. I'm cursing so much because, you know. Whatever. Woo! I mean, I, I'm leaving them in this time. I'm All not right. beeping them. Let's get wild. Who, who, who fucking cares, yeah, right? Who knows, Am I right, man? Who knows the next time we're going to be able to record the pod. Anyway. But, uh, so, basically. Daphne bets him. Daphne bets this biker guy that she can make a trick shot. She can sink five pool balls with one shot. And uh, that'll be enough for the Fraser boys' lives. Uh, um, and then he ups the ante into he, six. Yeah, and this is a smart move on this guy's part, who's probably no stranger to the the little tricks and hustles of the pool hall, is that she's probably arranged those balls in such a way that she could do it. You know, he's seen her playing all night. He knows she's not just some turkey. I'm just glad you're not making this about being a woman right now. At first, she was hustling them because she was a woman, right? She was tricking them because <laughs> she was a woman. Now this guy knows the score. Right. You know, in, well, anyway. it's always been the case, Molly, that among the lower orders, the, you know, uh, gender roles are not as strictly policed. You know, this isn't even me talking as a right winger. This is me talking as somebody who went to hippie college. Now I'm laying some real gender theory on you. Oh, man. Heavy. Yeah, this is this is intersectionality that I'm talking about here. And Great. you're trying to lay some lay some rap on me, man. I don't need that. I mean, <laughs> I've been hearing some things lately. Um, but anyway, uh, so, I, I mean, she lands the shot that she was promising. And she misses that sixth pool ball by just a tiny bit. Just a tiny bit. And they get her sinking some of the balls all in one shot. That's definitely her doing it. And then they have inserts for all the other ones going in and missing. So I'm going to have to watch this episode again. I don't I don't know if I trust the... Uh, you're missing the movie magic here. Yeah. Um, just green screen. It's not green hands. screen. It's just another woman. It's like they found a professional pool player woman and put her in the same dress and put her in a brown wig. Either way, the pool shots that are made are impressive. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I couldn't. I, I have a hard time just like getting one to go in. Yeah. Or calling it. I hate having to call it. Uh, yeah. Well, so. I got kind of good at it once. It's not your calling. Huh? It's not your calling. Like being able Being to... a pool player. You're not. Oh, yeah. I thought you meant calling the ball. No, no. you're not called to a life I mean, on the maybe road. this is what I'll be doing when I'm in Mississippi. In the South? You'll, yeah, you can probably pool like, balls down there. Me and Bubba. It'll, it's like the only place that'll have air conditioned on a really humid day. So, That's true. Yeah. Or it'll be like a pool hall in the deep south with no air conditioning. and like. I'm a, hoping that my life just becomes a lifetime movie. Or like a Faulkner novel. Something, you know. Mm, some, I don't know. Faulkner <laughs> novel. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, moving on. As long as it's on a Tennessee Williams novel and I, my husband's just gay. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, listen, nothing, nothing human disgusts me. Nothing human disgusts me. Uh, all right. So moving on, Daphne misses the shot. They run out of the bar. She slaps, snaps her bunny up off the pool table. Says, they use run. the, they use the pool cue to bar the door behind them. So the bikers can't get them and they hightail it out of there. And that's the episode roll credits over Eddie, the dog. She's the, she's caught. laid out some treats on the floor to lure him into the bathtub, but at the last second he runs away. Hilarious stuff. Cafe latte score. What do you think? Mm, five point five. Five point five. I'm gonna say four. Honestly, wow. I'm gonna say four cafes latte. I thought I was being stingy. I thought. <sighs> 
There were some chucklers there. There but were not some jokes to get me going. It's was very the pacing was totally off balance because I really thought the whole episode was just going to be the poker game, and that ends halfway through. And then this whole bar thing feels totally tacked on. Very little happens in it, even though it takes up half the episode. Right. And then it, it abandons kind of the the premise of the beginning of the episode to just have some silly hijinks. And it's like, you know, I guess on the one hand, it's like, you know. It's nice to have a Daphne facing episode, I guess. Sort of, though. But, like, but it's like, even if you go by line count, this isn't a big Daphne in the episode. She was episode when she was mean to Bulldog. She was funnier in the last episode. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Well, they all can't be winners. No. Anyway, let's dip into our reader mailbag, <laughs> see what we got here. And we have a letter this week. From a young woman who, well, let's just dig right in, shall we? Yeah. Dear, we are not listening. My partner and I, and I hate, I hate this when straight people say that they're partners. Yeah, it just, always makes me like it's hard in my profession. Um, oh yeah, is he your creative partner? Yeah. Is he your life partner? Is like, it both? Listen, if you if you're not married, he's your boyfriend. I don't care if you don't like how it sounds. Yeah. Or, <laughs> you know, you don't have to be in the binary. They can be, you know, your queer fuck buddy. Just make it clear. I guess, yeah, I guess Partner you could say that too. Partner is pretty awful. Partner is, I'd rather hear that than queer fuck buddy, but okay. Well, at least that's clear. That's less than a partner though. You know, a partner is more than a fuck buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. My partner and I have been together happily for almost two years now. Everything is great, except that he is sometimes very gullible. For example, he recently lost $1,000 in a multi-level marketing scam. Ugh. Before it happened, I warned him that he was going to lose his money and that this was a typical Ponzi scheme, but he kept parroting the marketing materials about how it was on the level. Oh, no. Now our apartment is full of right-wing vitamin supplements from some Romanian bodybuilder on Twitter. <laughs> he is still in denial. How can I convince him to listen to me and to be more careful with his trusting nature and with his money? Signed, Scammed Sweetheart. Oh well, this is a gosh. tough one. This is a tough one. I guess, uh... You know, in Japan, know. what they do. In Japan, you know, a husband and wife, the husband will give all the money to the wife. And the wife will just give the husband enough money, you know, for this bullet train to the office and a couple pairs of schoolgirl panties on the way back home or, or you know whatever <laughs> whatever you would need your allowance for as a Japanese businessman um, oh boy but maybe that's what this is gonna take well maybe you gotta you gotta not let this guy have his money well, and it's also like he's like it sounds like he's on the on the upswing of the multi-level marketing scheme so it's not like he's had the crash yet where she gets to say I told you so yeah, you know, like she he still seems, thinks it's gonna work. He still thinks he's gonna be able to resell all those vitamins. But honestly, like run. Yeah, because like if people... it's not a situation where you can assume control of his finances, then yeah, maybe it's time to. Uh... Well, it's not even just finances. It's just like I, like if someone gets conned into one thing, they can usually get conned. They into can other be conned things. into everything. Well, they also say the people who get conned, you know, it's because they want to be. 
You know, it's why con men prey on lonely people. But maybe, because even if you know that it's happening, it's still well, like somebody pays I, attention I, to you. I got, I, I, you know, I had a breakthrough. Lay it on me. Maybe he wouldn't even be with her if she didn't con him. Maybe she conned him? Con, oh, my God. Conned into her heart, you know? Well, now... You should just, you know, stick, I, it, stick it out. This has been a recurring job. theme on the program is the cruelty to the people who seek out advice from us. So I'm glad you got it in there. <laughs> While I was trying to give good, reasonable advice, I'm glad you got in there with the, with the knife right in her heart. Like, yeah. maybe look in the mirror, toots. Yeah, maybe Who's conning con. who here? Like, <laughs> the, this guy could be totally out of her league. Yeah, you're right. like maybe he will sell all those vitamins if he didn't have some hectoring shrew at home <laughs> emasculating him constantly. Jeez. Oh, I mean, this guy could really be yeah. out there making they're it. They're partners, though, cowboy. Oh, they're partners. That's true. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess uh, you got away. You got away the good and the bad, like. Maybe bad multi-level marketing uh, issues, but maybe he looks like my my sweet amour, Jimmy, the con artist. So maybe, I guess, for our advice to you, Scam Sweetheart, like this episode of Frasier that this episode is very loosely based on, we refuse, refuse to, to we, we refuse to engage <laughs> yeah with the premise of the question at all and we are take just take your vitamins yeah take your vitamins maybe yeah. they're good <laughs> maybe take your vitamins Try i mean look if those if if you go onto this romanian guy's twitter you got to go on what they call physique friday and <laughs> <laughs> see if he posts physique if he posts physique and he's actually tanned and jacked then well, maybe the vitamins are good. Well, or another thing is, is if I I can I can spin this into a good thing, you know. Like I I said that maybe she's the con artist, but you know if you can't expect your partner to join you in your delusion, then like do you even want to be in love at all? Yeah, I mean, could you imagine being like the Wright brothers' girlfriend, and being <laughs> like Orville? You have a perfectly good bicycle shop. Shut the This heck airplane up. thing. What are you talking about? That'll never catch on. Nobody's ever going to. If this airplane gets invented, all it will do is spread disease around the world super quickly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I guess in that case, they were also both right. Yeah. Yeah. So, hmm. I don't know. Mrs. Right, you know? Wow. There it is. There it is. It doesn't really have anything to do with the show or with the question, but I think that's it. I think we'll All call right, it yeah, there. We're done. Until next time, whenever that may be. Yeah, hopefully. Someday sometime. soon we'll yeah, meet I'll, again. I'll try to get you before Arifa Dirchi. Don't know where. Don't know when. But we'll meet again. Someday. Isn't it some sunny day? I don't know. I, Whatever. I don't know. Goodbye, everyone. See Bye. you. See you next time.